0: Episode 115, The Grass Is Not Always Greener. Welcome back to One Extraordinary Marriage, where we talk about life, love, and the pursuit of intimacy. You're here with Elisa DiLorenzo.
1: And Tony Lorenzo,
0: And, uh, gosh, we're halfway through April.
1: I know. Welcome Hope, back.
0: Welcome back. Hope you all have had a good week. Um,
1: It's been a fun week here. Yeah. This is the week after Elisa's period. And I got to say, for those folks out there, if you haven't started your own intimacy lifestyle, which we've discussed numerous times, and I'll give a real quick update. Three days a week, I have the opportunity to initiate. Three days a week, Elisa has the opportunity to initiate one time. Saturday is an off day or a bonus day. But my goodness, the week after, we have learned this over gosh, two plus years of doing the intimacy Mm -hmm. lifestyle. It is just like, man, if if heaven is like this, holy cow, is it going to be good? (laughs) Is it going to just be awesome? I mean, it is. Okay, and I just
0: want to say, it's it's actually not that we have the opportunity. We actually have a responsibility during one of those three days.
1: Yes, yes. Because
0: that opportunity kind of leaves it out there to be sort of like, yeah, if I want to or not. We have responsibility.
1: Right. This is usually the highlight of my month. Um, Oral sex is very much pleasure to Elisa this week after this week and eh, there, there's two more weeks before her period so those two last weeks it's it's sort of iffy it just depends on where she's at and what she's feeling totally understand but this week she's totally into it so I get to enjoy that
0: so that being said it's time to announce the what? Se- well we might as well announce the challenge since we're oh, already yeah. talking about dates and yeah so this is I guess it's our second is it our second third, third annual with you guys say I track because it just seems like We haven't done it that long. Um, We are announcing the third annual Seven Days of Sex Challenge. It will be from May 6th through May 12th, 2012. So if you're doing the math, yes, that does fall in about a month. Um,
1: Which works out for us. It it is a little (laughs) selfish on our part. We do know that. We we totally know that. But we lead this. So we really want to be amped up and be doing it when we're doing it. Because we've done it on weeks when it hasn't worked in the past. Uh, and I want to say, I think it was the first annual. And then we also had the first annual coincide with our marriage retreat that we were on. And it was just a mess for us. We, we were honestly at the end of that, just toast. And don't get me wrong. We had a lot of great times in that week, but by the end we were just toast. Um, so, so we set this up this way. If you can join us, you have plenty of time. You got a month to start discussing it with your spouse, seeing if it works out in your schedules and everything. We hope you can start sharing that. You can just tell your friends, hey, Tony and Lisa with One Extraordinary Marriage are going to be doing the Seven Days of Sex Challenge coming up May 6th through 12th. Mm-hmm. Um, you won't see anything up on the website, though, until probably like May 1st. I, I We try to keep that sort of on the down low for about a, until a week before. So actually, it'll be a little bit towards the end of April. Um, and then we just sort of ramp it up and hit it there. But you can start telling your friends now. Mm-hmm. We, we've actually become become known as like the seven day of sex experts. It's just sort of what we've done and what we're talking about. A lot of people are always asking. We are going to be an article of ours will be in marriage magazine coming out in May. Mm -hmm. And we talk about the seven days of sex challenge there. So we got some really cool stuff coming up.
0: And with a month to start planning this, you know, one of the things that we Why we do it in the month of May is that for those of you that have children, Mm -hmm. they are still in school.
1: Typically, yes. we
0: we tried this one year during the summer and we did hear um, from a lot of you. And we also had the same issues that when the children are around all the time, you have to get a lot more creative. So we're trying to help you out by still doing it during the school year um, and giving you enough notice so that you can start looking at your calendars and saying, "Okay, is that week going to work for us? You know, are we going to have to shift it a few days? I mean, sometimes people start a few days early. Sometimes people start a few days late. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, this does coincide with my period. It's one of those things we plan it, you to know, to happen the week after. To happen the week after, like Tony said. Um, and it's something that I share with women quite a bit. Hormonally, you are most receptive to your husband the week after. And that's just because that's when ovulation occurs. And so God has hardwired our bodies to be most receptive to the men that we are married to. The week after we have our period. Yeah. If that's not the week for you, then, you know, join us for the daily posts. We haven't quite nailed down exactly how the format's going to go this year because we've done some different things over the last couple of years. But figure out what that week is for you in the month of May and make that be your week. Yeah. You know, we'd love to have you on board. Even if you're on board, just kind of, you know, lurking there, reading the comments and stuff, that's great. But now's the time to start having the conversation with your spouse about whether or not you want to try it.
1: Yeah, and on that note, if you're unable to do it with us during the week of May 6th through 12th, you can do it any time of the year. We're releasing our second book called The 7 Days of Sex Challenge, and this has been on the down low. We haven't shared this with anybody, so you guys are the first to know. We have written a book called The 7 Days of Sex Challenge, and it's called. It's the first in our series of books that we call The Ready, Set go action guidebooks and these are books that we will be writing here more how to to get you guys doing what you want in your marriage and this friday april 20th 2012 so those of you who are listening after april 20th 2012 we may have a replay or something but we are going to be on ustream live from 9 a.m pacific to 11am Pacific Standard Time. I will be tweeting out and putting it up on Facebook and everywhere else I can and probably here on on uh, one extraordinary marriage.com I'll put a quick post up too so you can go here and click. But we are going to be up on UStream, sharing the new book, talking to you guys, if you guys have questions for us, come on in, chime in, it can be about the 7 days of sex challenge. It can be about what we're doing with intimacy, lifestyle, whatever you want it to be. But here's the cool thing. During this time period, we want you to go out there and tell your friends to pick up the book because we want to hit number one on Kindle. Okay. It's 777. And many of you may be going, why is it 777? 777. Well, lucky seven, seven days of sex, lucky sevens. All right. And we just want to hit Google or hit Google. We want to hit number one in Kindle. We're going to be giving away bunches of stuff. We're going to be giving away free audio of mm-hmm. the book. We're going to give away free audio of Strip down. So we're going to have those out there for you guys. We'll probably be giving those away like every 10 minutes the best question or something or other. We'll figure out something. But we're going we're gonna to just have a real fun time giving away stuff. You can pick up the Kindle version on that day. We'll have links and all that for you. So
0: for those that haven't um, participated in Ustream before, can you give just a little verbal on kind of how that, you know, is it call in? Is it they type questions in? Because there may be some people listening that you say Ustream. Oh. And it's kind of like when we yeah, s- yeah, tell it's, some it's, people that we podcast. And I'm like, what is that? So
1: It's text chat.
0: It's text chat. Okay. Yeah.
1: I, there may be some call-in feature. I don't know. I have to go look at it a little bit more. So, text,
0: you'll you'll basically have the option to type in your questions, and we will be answering those as they come in.
1: Yep. Okay. And Just, you'll see our lovely garage, because I'll, we'll be working off my Mac, <laughs> which has the camera. So, you'll get to see the background of our lovely garage. Eh, maybe. Which we'll, I'm
0: working on, because as you guys know from last week... We're doing, a, we're doing a little more catch up on Tony and Elisa this week than we normally do but I promise you the meat of the podcast will be great tonight. Um, so last week big old cluttering mm-hmm. thing monster lurking mm-hmm. in our house and um, Lori Lowe what did Lori write? Um, I'm trying, I'm trying to remember. To remember. Okay. Remember. We'll, look we'll look that up. up um, anyway, I follow Lori on Facebook and whatnot so she had put up very much like we did with Strip down, she had put up this book called winning the clutter war. And it was one of those days that that was one of the free books on Amazon. And so of course I pick it up, um, download it to my Kindle and, or actually to my iPhone cause I do not have a Kindle yet and started reading it. And it's, it's the first decluttering book that has spoke to this brain of mine Because she gets to the personality behind it, and it's not—it's not a blaming book. It's not a "you will always be this way" book. It's a "let's talk about why you're like this and how to get past that." Mm -hmm. So, embrace the book. And we spent a lot of time—we spent basically all day Saturday—harmoniously,
1: very harmoniously, working through
0: rooms in our house.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, we did our bedroom. We did the two bathrooms the living room and the kitchen. Um, the kids rooms have not been touched yet. That's that may be where the harmony breaks down. So we're not going there just yet. But then I also started Mm -hmm. on the garage and the garage has been my, my bottomless pit. And Mm -hmm. so we will make sure the backdrop is down, but I just want you to know that those of you that have, um, have struggled with clutter and with messiness, check out this book. Um, I was really surprised because I've read a lot of books and and have tried a lot of different programs. And this is the first one where I'm like, you know what, I can see some progress. And one of the most powerful lines in this book um, that really spoke to me, and it's the one that keeps going over and over in my mind, is that she says, God is not a God of disorder. So you don't need to be either because you were made in his image. Mm. And that was really powerful to me because you know, I've over I mean I've been messy if my mother was sitting here like she was two weeks ago, she would tell you, I have been a messy child ever since, uh, ever since.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I was the kid who you know dumped all the stuff behind one side of the bed or shoved it all into the closet. And so realizing just in that simple sentence that I don't have to live my life this way. I will always have messy tendencies. That's mm-hmm. just kind of the way I'm wired. But I can create systems of order that work for me and work for my family and do that in a God honoring way and bring peace, not only to myself, but to my family. It was very powerful. Strongly recommend the book. I'm sure we'll have a link to it. Um, or it's available in our Amazon bookstore. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, um,
1: yeah, we'll, we'll put a link to it. That will be, yeah, I just, I strongly recommend
0: it. it because you guys know that I've battled with this. F- if you've listened for any length of time, you know that I am the messy spouse.
1: Yeah. And, and you know what, we're getting through it, um, and like Lisa said, it, it was an interesting time because Saturday ended up being really rainy and we'd been talking about doing this and it, it just worked out perfect because Alex's pictures for baseball were canceled. His game was canceled. We really didn't have much on the plate at that point in time. And so we just, we just went after it and we took the morning and we just went through our room together. We went through the kitchen. We went through this area called the vortex because everything just sort of gets sucked in there and it gets all piled up and it's pretty, it's just a vortex. You
0: all have one. It's like either your junk drawer or mm-hmm. the, the kitchen shelf that collects everything. That That's what we call our vortex. Yeah. Um, but I do have to say the interesting thing about this. So Tony and I have tr- attempted this type of decluttering before and it usually results in me just getting irritated beyond belief. and. Having read this book, I could now tell him. Like we have a stack of books in our room mm-hmm. that I'm not ready to part with.
1: Right. We
0: did. We did get rid of a lot of books. We donated them.
1: Right, because we also went through our living room as well, and we have a built-in cabinet there, bookshelf mm-hmm. cabinet. So we have lots of old books that we that have, we've just that moved. just have never op- have been we, opened. Yeah, or we haven't opened them in years. And w- what were you talking about though? A lot of this sentimental value.
0: Well, one of the things that she talks about and that really hit home for me is that I've always been a reader. And so she talks about sometimes you have to go through the grieving process of getting rid of your belongings and basically sending them to a better place, mm-hmm. sending them to a new home. And so I was, there were a lot of books that I was able to get rid of, but there is a stack of 21 books. <laughs>
1: you counted them. I
0: can't, Well, Abby counted. Um, 21 books in our room that I have to like physically go through and mm-hmm. release. Yeah. And so being able to tell Tony, you know what?
1: Well, what's interesting is though, is some of the books that were my books that I put in the to go pile, you picked up and you have to release them. I, I don't understand that though. Uh,
0: just, you're going to have to go with it.
1: I, I know. but I, I, I just found it yeah, odd that well, you have to release my you, books that you've never read.
0: Well, cause maybe I want to, Oh,
1: okay. it's Th- kind of that.
0: that, it's kind of that tangible, like I'm not quite ready to go, but I was able for the first time to communicate Mm -hmm. to Tony that, you know what, I I can get rid of a lot of stuff today, but there are a few things that are going to have to like move out of the house slower. Yeah, And, you know, thankfully, because I've been sharing what I've been learning in this book with him, he didn't jump on me and say, no, they've got it. Like I cleaned those books out of my bookshelf. They've got to go. He's like, okay, I get that, but we've got to get rid of these other ones. Right. You know, this stuff has to go. So we, you know, worked all morning and actually on our way out to lunch because we hadn't obviously done anything in the house food-wise, we went right to Salvation Army. Right. And and just as a funny note, so we pull into the Salvation Army parking lot and they've got a sign up that says 75% off today only. And and of course, this is the kind of thing that just makes my mouth water because I'm like, oh, huge sale. And I just looked at Tony. I'm like, I'm so glad you all are in the car because I would have no willpower. Mm Mm-hmm. To Well, you know, the first thing I do is unload the back of my car and then I, you know, drive around to the front and load it back up again. So just as an aside, you know, funny yeah. stuff that's going on with us. But let's talk. Yeah, let's get into let's the get meat. Let's get into the meat. Um, this has been an interesting week for us. We, you guys know, I mean, this a whole podcast is built on strengthening marriages and, and building them up, creating And equipping all of you with the tools that you need to have that strong foundation to really build up your marriages. And this has just been one of those weeks where it feels like we've been hit on a number of different angles with couples whose marriages um, are going in the other direction. Yeah. Couples who are getting ready for separations or have begun the process of divorce or we've even found out of a couple friends that we don't see all that often they've gone through divorce and it really just kind of felt like we were going like you know every day tony and i would talk at some point in time during the day and we're like oh did you hear about so-and-so or i just talked to him or i just talked to her and here's what's going on in their marriage and it was just
1: yeah and we got a a number of emails in this last week where it's just like The same thing. We're just going, wow. Oh, speaking of which. Yes.
0: uh, There was an email that we received. Um, I'm not going to go into it because there was a lot of personal information. But if you did not hear back from us in this last week um, and sent us an email, it was because I tried to respond to you and your email did not go through. So I tried to reach out to you. Um, try and email us again if you did not hear back from us because I tried a number of different ways to reach you and couldn't. So
1: Did we respond to everybody this week? I'm looking. I think so. Okay.
0: There was, just, there was one that I specifically tried okay. to respond to and didn't. And just email us again if yep. you didn't hear from us. Um, if you've got an alternative email, that type of thing because like I said, I tried to um, get through to a couple people and there was one specifically that did not go through.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: so as an aside um, the thing that I that I heard over and over again though as we're going th- through and we're hearing about all these couples that are just struggling and having problems there were two sentences that kept coming up over and over again that just about made me want to pull my hair out <laughs> to the point that I was ready to podcast to you guys this episode last week probably Wednesday or Thursday because I was so lit up like a firework the first one was you don't make me happy. I'm hearing one spouse tell this to the other spouse, you know, you don't make me happy anymore. That's why I'm, you know, having an affair, getting out of this relationship, doing these destructive behaviors. It's because you don't make me happy. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I have to say to that is that your spouse does not have the responsibility to make you happy. They have a responsibility not to hurt you, but happiness is something that comes from within. That comes from being in a good place in your life with you, for you, only you. I do not look to Tony and sit here across the table from him and say, you're responsible for making me happy. That's your responsibility. You have to do everything that I want to make me happy. And if I'm not happy, that's your fault.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like we're, we're, we're almost too connected at that point in time that every shift that Elisa makes, it, it disrupts the balance in our marriage. And that disruption causes unhappiness, usually. You know, that's where we feel that pain. And it's almost like we're too connected. <laughs> there was a time when I, I could relate to this because we had no external friends really, other than work people. And th- that gets sort of old and lame after a while. And so you you have such a connection. You're always together. You're always doing everything together. That anything she would do, she would it would disrupt what I was wanting, which would then cause unhappiness. That I would then go, oh my gosh, this isn't this marriage isn't working properly, or it's not working correctly, and I'm unhappy with you. And to no fault of her own, it's just that. Um, we are just, we are just, we are too connected. And I don't want you guys to to take this out of context or not understand where I'm going with this. It, it, it's just that every, you know, movement she made, I would become unhappy.
0: Well, and it's not just, it's not just that. It's, you know, expecting your spouse to fulfill all of your perceived needs. Right that's more because there are a lot and we know a lot of couples that you know whether they're retired or they work from home or or whatever spend more than the average amount of time together and they are fine they thrive in that environment because they they've got healthy boundaries and things like that but i'm talking about the couples where one looks at the other and you know has this my my needs you know you're not you know meeting all of my needs you don't make me happy anymore and I, because I heard this so much this last week, I'm like, you know what? The only person that can fill that void is God. And when you expect another human being as imperfect as we all are to fulfill your every need, guess what? You're not going to be happy. You're not. It's, it's impossible for your spouse to make you happy 100% of the time. So using that as an excuse to get out of the relationship is a joke because that's what it is. It's an excuse. Mm -hmm. It's saying I, I, I'm not woman enough or man enough to step up and take care of my own needs that I am going to start blaming you for this. So that was the first one that like got me. Whoa.
1: Right. It's, it's just one of those things folks that you got and I know it's tough. I mean, we talk a lot about get closer, get closer, get closer. But there comes a point in time where you've got to find other avenues where you find your happiness. It cannot constantly be 100% on your spouse to make you happy. And Alisa said it right. You know what? Look at all the stuff you have around you. How many of you have bought things in the last week or two or three or even the last month? Maybe small ticket items, maybe big ticket items that you're like, dude, I'm going to get that and I'm going to be so stoked. And a week later, you've completely forgotten about it.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, uh, you even commented on that when we were dropping all that stuff off at, at Salvation Army. Just all of the, and we're just in the donation area, just all of the stuff.
1: Right. And it doesn't fill us. And Elisa's so much, she she nailed it on the head. It's like, unless we just put our lives just in front of Jesus and go, dude, you are the one who fills me up. You are the one who brings happiness to my life. And I I struggle with this, folks. I'm not saying this like, hey, I'm high and pious here. Uh, I'm right there with you. And I know, though, when I start to strip away all this stuff around me and I'm looking for my happiness only in Jesus Christ, that's when I get filled up. That's when I have those Those moments and sometimes long moments of just ease and happiness where, you know, things can happen around me. And I'm still like, this is good, though, because I am just right there with God.
0: Well, it reminds me. um, So Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. um, Stephen Fishwick, who's an artist. We'll do a yeah. link to his site. He came to the church at Rancho Bernardo. I hope you're writing
1: all this stuff down that we oh, I yeah, I'm to. typing it in the okay. show notes.
0: Um, he came and he did uh, for good Friday services.
1: He and did Easter.
0: Right. For good Friday services. He's this amazing artist paints with his hands, uh, large canvases. Um, he did this image of Jesus with the crown of thorns around his head. Phenomenal image. It was on a black canvas. Um, can we, real quick, can we upload the pictures from my... Uh, I'm sure. I don't know. We'll try. Um, but on Easter, this is the one that was really amazing. I mean, he, he started and he was writing all of these words, like sin and shame and and whatnot, and then he starts covering up these words. And at the end of it, you can tell it's an upside-down image of Christ, of, of his face. And Harry Keel, our pastor, was talking about how, you know, when when Christ died on the cross, He covered that all up and turned our lives around, and that's when He flipped over, um, and so you could see the face of Christ. And Harry was talking to Stephen about, you know, just how do you how do you know what, what Jesus looks like? Yeah. And Stephen was sharing with Harry that what he had done um, a couple months ago, he felt like he had plateaued. He felt like there was no connection. He he just wasn't he wasn't able to create. And so prior to Easter, he went on a 40-day media fast. You know, no TV, no magazines, no books, no internet. Um, He kept his phone, but wasn't accessing all of his smartphone features. You know, it was literally, you know, phone and text. Mm -hmm. Um, And he spent his time in prayer and in the Bible. And it was during this fast from all of the other distractions, just getting reconnected to God. Yeah. Then his inspiration came back and that's why he can go and create these amazing representations of Christ because he's got that direct line. Mm -hmm. He knows where his happiness is coming from. He's not relying on information overload to create that. You know, the latest, greatest TV, television, you know, TV, car, phone, iPod, I, blah, 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 blah to make him happy. He's plugged into Christ. Right. That's where he's going. So that was kind of debunking that whole you don't make me happy myth. And then the second one that I heard that just, oh, is the one where, you know, one spouse says to the other, I don't know if I've ever loved you. We've created this life together, we've created children together, we've spent years together. And then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in a place where things are not going well. And out comes the line, I don't know if I've ever loved you. To which, and I don't say this very often, but to which I say BS. Mm-hmm. Because why on earth would you have invested all of this time, created this life to get yourself to a point where when things you know are a little bit rough, and we've done rough, folks. I am not making light of of situations that plague your marriages. We've lost children. We've been in financial crisis. We have dealt with addiction. We have dealt with big things in our marriage. And, And when we were at our lowest point, when Tony came back from the trail, the one thing that I told him when I had actually, the day that I had looked up a divorce attorney, was, I still love you. I just don't know if I can be married to you. Like, I, I knew the love was still there, but I'm like, we got to figure out a way out of this because this muck that we're in, was not good. Mm-hmm. Like, I never questioned whether or not the love was there. I questioned how we were going to make it work in our marriage because at that point in time, we were two strangers.
1: Occupying a bed.
0: Occupying a bed.
1: In an apartment. Yeah.
0: You know, but to hear, I don't know if I ever loved you. Well, why would you get married with somebody that you didn't love? Yeah. You know, if the infatuation's that strong, wait a few months. See if it's gonna burn out. You know, but if you've created a life with somebody, to to suddenly throw that up as your line, I don't know if I've ever loved you. You want to talk about destroying another person? A, A person who has has been with you through thick and thin, who you've supported, they've supported you, you've created children together. Uh, I, I heard that from a couple of people this week, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. And these are people where I know their history, I've seen them together. Unless there are incredibly, and I, I know this is true, they are incredibly masterful deceivers out there But I've seen these couples, I must be completely oblivious to human beings because in both of these instances that I'm thinking about, I would have never guessed in the past that these couples were not madly in love with each other.
1: Right. I think one thing we need to realize as we grow together over the years of marriage, obviously that initial euphoric lovey-dovey feeling that we get of the butterflies, that changes and that 's good it 's okay, and what we need to do is realize it and understand where those feelings of love are coming from because it 's not the infat- the infatuation or the the newness you know Elisa titled this you know the grass isn 't always greener because a lot of folks are going where the grass looks greener're they 're walking away from What they've been around, because they get this new sense of excitement, Mm -hmm. and that new sense of excitement is on that green piece of grass over there. Well, let me tell you something that a buddy of mine told me this week as I was talking to him, because he's having a couple struggles in in his marriage as well. He goes, you know, when you go through AA. And I've never been through AA, but he goes, when you go through AA, one of the biggest sayings, I guess, there, and some of you may know this, is wherever you go, there you are. So if you go over there to that grass that's greener and you're stepping away from your spouse, guess what? When you go over there to that grass, that nice green piece of grass and it's new and exciting, guess what? You're still there still you who's, who's coming, coming along for the ride. You haven't changed. And so what, what do you think is gonna happen in this new relationship, in this new exciting world you're gonna go venturing down? Because you're still there. And you bring all of your good, bad, and ugly with it. All right? So j- just think about that. Wherever I go, there i am
0: and and hmm. uh, this also hits us because we've been hearing about a number of affairs mm-hmm. um, emotional a lot of, a lot emotional, of emotional affairs um, guard your heart folks turn to your spouse and not somebody else yeah yeah you know, we're hearing about marriages that are ending after decades together and it's because emotional needs are not being met, mm-hmm. and you know part of that's because we fall so easily into those routines. We fall into the well, you know, it's it's good. I mean, I remember the the one listener we had that wrote us back. You know, didn't want to write, didn't want to rock the boat because things were good. Mm-hmm. We were going along, we were cruising, cruise control,
1: things all were good.
0: good. You know, well, all good. Means that you know things might not be getting discussed because we don't want to upset things. Yeah, you know why cause confrontation? Well, sometimes confrontation, if it builds up your marriage, is not a bad thing. You know, it's much better to have the conversation saying, "You know what? I, I miss the talks that we used to have. I miss spending time with you." That is a much better conversation to have than to be on the receiving end of, "I don't think I love you anymore." Right, because you don't talk to me, or I don't think I love you anymore. Because you know what, the guy at work—he listens to me. Uh Yeah, and that's what we're hearing, folks. So we're hearing that (laughs) that we are not protecting our marriages. We are allowing other people into our marriages and it's destroying them it is tearing them apart because all of a sudden this guy or this gal is is emotionally available to us and it's like you know tony was saying it's the excitement of something new somebody's interested in us somebody's looking at us somebody's having lunch with us somebody's talking to us
1: well in the talking part let, let, let's let's dive into this and i and i don't know how you and your mate you know came together, or what your courtship was like. But for Elisa and I, one of the biggest things we did when we sat down many, many years ago when we first met, we we had long conversations together. We talked a lot about each other and what we did and what we liked and what we didn't like, and we would laugh about all that stuff. We got to go back there, folks. And you know, sometimes in those early days, you you didn't want to share everything, but you would open up you would let that other person know some of those deep down dark secrets. That, you know what? If you're going to go the extra mile with me, if you're going to, if you really want to be my boyfriend or my girlfriend or fiance or whatever, you need to know this. Mm-hmm. To know me, to be or to be intimately a part of my life, you need to know this about me. You know what? We got to get back to doing that more in our marriages. We got to start getting back to those points in our marriages where we can talk deeply with each other and not be afraid of the other running away from us. And let me say this, if you guys are at a point where it's completely broken down, you guys need to get and seek some help, start breaking those walls down. All right. For some of you, you're not, you're not, it's not like it's completely broken down. You're just scared to say something, you know, because you've done something stupid. Uh, Let's say it for what it is. You've done something stupid. Maybe you put more money on the credit card than you should should have. Or like Elisa did some two Christmases ago, you know, she spent way more than she should have. And then it came out on the podcast when I realized what was happening. Like, why didn't we have enough money? You know, sometimes we do stupid stuff. And we're embarrassed to bring it up. Mm-hmm. But guess what? You're better off bringing it up and just getting it out there. And let's, let, let's talk about this. Let's, let's air it out. And let's move on. That's the next step. Forgive. Forget. Move on. Okay? Forgive, forget, move on. And I know many of you are like, oh, I can't this, that, rah, rah, rah. No, you can. No, you can. I truly believe that you can. You choose to hold on to regrets. You choose to hold on to what your spouse did to you 10 years ago. That is a choice.
0: Oh, oh, yes. let's talk about this yes. real quick. Yes. Oh, I don't know if it's real quick. This is probably one of our longer podcasts, but this one's packed. Um, you guys need to deal... With past hurts,
1: yeah, that, that was to, that was the third one.
0: That, okay, that before yep. we got on the air, I'm like, there were three things that I really wanted to talk about: um, past affairs, past wrongs, past hurts. Whatever, whatever is in the past in your marriage that has been gently swept under the rug to need,
1: pacify,
0: to you know, to just keep the peace and keep moving forward. It hasn't gone away, folks. For many of you, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that it's that elephant in the room that comes up whenever there's an issue, and, and it just kind of lingers there. You know, it never turns into a full blown explosive. We're gonna like air our dirty laundry. Everybody's gonna cry, and there are gonna be some painful things said. But it just kind of simmers right there under the surface. And the reason I'm saying it hasn't been dealt with is because I have run into two or three couples in the last week where past hurts from a long time ago, and I'm talking, you know, five plus years in both of these cases, are resurfacing as excuses for another partner or for, you know, the original victim to now be the transgressor. Right. And, you know, when I talked to, these couples and we're having these conversations and I'm like, but but how did you handle that original pain? Right. Well, y- you know, we said it was over and done with. We, we, didn't really, we didn't really deal with it. Well, guess what? When you've been hurt in the past, you still have to deal with it. And if you don't, we humans are really good at this little thing called holding a grudge. Mm-hmm. And so we sit there and I can only speak from a woman's point of view, but I sit there and you know, for example, if it was Tony had done something to me and this is, we've, we've played out this scenario in the past, um, I get my feelings hurt for whatever reason, something happens and then I say, you know, it's fine, it's fine, I'm over it, it's good, I'm over it and then two, three weeks later, a year later, something happens and I'm like, well, you did this. My poor husband, on the other hand, has no idea what he did um, but some of you, that will not be the case. You will remember exactly what the hurts were. Mm-hmm. But I'm still bringing it up because I didn't deal with it. Because we didn't deal, deal with, with it. it as a couple. We didn't work through it. We didn't talk about how that really made us feel, how that hurt us to the core. It's like when we were writing the book, and Tony, you know, we're in the middle of writing this book, and Tony tells me about what he was doing in, you know, Newark, New Jersey when he was going out there on business trips. It Rocked my boat it flattened me, literally took my breath away, and I had to think, oh, okay, okay, you know what everything is on hold right i'm not writing this book with you i'm not doing this podcast we're not coaching we're not doing anything because right now I need to process this mm-hmm. and we had to have conversations on that we had to really sit down and I had to I had to be Strong enough to say this, this was not good. I mean, it was much stronger than that. But you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know who's listening today. Um, But I was mad and I was hurt, and he had to bear that. He had to accept.
1: And I, but when I brought that up though too, I will say, I was embarrassed. I was fright. I was frightful. Like I, you know. I didn't know what was going to happen at that point in time. I I will say that I was not too sure where we were going to be after that conversation. And so, you know, if it's you that needs to bring it up to realize, you know, if you're scared, if you're shaking, if you're trembling, your heart's beating, you're in a spot that we've been in before. Yes, it is going to be scary. And yes, it is a little bit frightening. But if you guys are willing to work through it and not just go appease, this is a big thing. As long as you're not willing to appease each other just to get rid of it as quickly as you can, you can come out stronger. Mm -hmm. And that's the big thing. You guys can't just appease each other just to go, okay, it's good, it's good because I don't want to deal with it. You know
0: because you're going to deal with it now, or you're going to let it fester for a few years, and the blow up when it's been festering for a number of years is going to be infinitely worse mm-hmm. than if you deal with it today. right and I say that from from personal experience, and I say that from the marriages that we are witnessing around us, where past hurts are wrecking havoc.
1: Yeah, it, so they really are. That,
0: that, like Tony said, that was the third thing that I just, I really, I cannot stress to you enough. You two are, you two know the hurts that you have in your marriage. You do, you know what you have done to undermine the foundation of your marriage, and you also know. I would venture to say, in the back of your mind, whether it's been truly dealt with, or if you're just kind of in this. Brush it under the rug mode, if it's been truly dealt with, then no, you don't need to bring it up again. It's been dealt with
1: right yeah it's done it's again, done you, you move forgive. past it you forgive you you forget and you move on and and sometimes you don't always have to forget, yes, it might be there. It might be a reminder that hey, you know what for the person who has done that, hey, I don't want I don't want to get to that point again. I don't mean to forget and just like blow it out of your mind like it's oblivious and it's like, oh, it never happened. But I realized when I brought the, that up to Elisa, how much hurt it brought. And I don't want to go down that path again. I don't want to deal with it. So I don't forget it like, um, you know, like it never happened. No. But we move on. Mm-hmm. We live in the present. We live in the now. And we can go up to Jesus and go, Lord. Just watch over me, okay? Guide me so I can be better, you know? So I can fulfill what you have in store for me here.
0: But for those of you that have swept things under the rug,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: this might be the week to have a conversation. It will not be easy. No. It will not be unemotional. But it is necessary Start healing your marriage now. Yeah, and we can direct you. I put in the show notes to um, direct them back to Dr. Corey Allen. Um, mm-hmm. Well, know. just I mean, if, you go, to, if got you go to
1: oneextraordinarymarriage dot com, you'll see "Blow Up My Marriage" on the right hand go. side. You know, if it's time to blow up your marriage, go there, click it, go do it.
0: And blow up my marriage is a positive thing. Yeah, it, it's rebuilding what you already have. It's not blow up my marriage to get out of it. I just I want to be very clear. Yeah. yeah, we're blowing up your marriage to save it, right? You know because uh, it's been a tough week. Yeah, I mean it's, it's been a good week between Tony and I, but um, it, it's been one of those weeks where I think probably two or three nights we have just sat down, you know, literally with our head in our hands, praying for for those of you that. We know personally, for those of you that have written into us, because marriages are under attack, folks.
1: Or as my smartphone likes to put, attach.
0: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. T- Tony's phone, yeah. Anyway, All right. um, they're, they're under attack. And so you are the strongest resource that your marriage has Mm-hmm. To keep it together. Because when you start fighting for your marriage and when you start fighting for the institution of marriage, it gets a lot harder to weaken that. But if you both take a really kind of ho-hum, we'll let whatever happens, happens, I can guarantee you the worst is going to happen. Yeah. So stand up and fight for your marriage. Realize that the grass is not greener Somewhere else, it just has a shiny coat because it hasn't been cut yet. You know what? But when when life starts to happen over there, guess what? The grass over there looks just like the grass in your own backyard. Yeah. You know right. what? That grass has all the same issues. It's just all polished up. You know? Stop lying to each other. Stop being so hurtful with your words. You know? Don't. Oh, I guess, no. that's, I guess that's my beep to end it up. No. Don't don't use your words to wound. D- don't tear down the years of life that you've spent together for, you know, a quick night of passion with somebody else. Don't don't do it. Yeah, you know, it reminds me of a sermon we heard a few months ago where it just, you know, basically the gist of the sermon was stop it. Stop doing those things that are destructive. We we Podcast on it back then, and I'm using those same words again. Stop it!
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Build up your marriages. Fight for them. Okay, mm-hmm. before I get, whew. Whew.
1: Uh, we got a call in today too. Oh, good so, deal. um, all right. Here's the thing: we got a little over tonight, but we're going to keep on going because we got good stuff. If you need a jam, totally understand it. April twentieth, Friday, April twentieth, nine a.m. Pacific Standard Time to eleven a.m. Pacific Standard Time, we're doing Ustream for 7 Days of Sex Challenge book. It's a Kindle book. We will also be giving away some audio versions of that. It's going to be just a big fun party if you want to pick it up that day. Our goal is to tell everybody about it so we can get number one on Kindle uh, for our category. So please join us there. 7 Days of Sex Challenge, the third annual, will be in May from six to 12th. All right. So if you got a jam, we totally understand. We love you guys, but we're going to do this, la- this last thing, which is a call-in, and uh, we'll finish it up from here. All right, you guys? So here we go. Hey, Tony. My name is Dan. I'm from Utah. Uh, my wife and I have been married for eight years, and I was listening to your podcast the other day, kind of stumbled across it in uh, iTunes and found the high desire, low desire, and that kind of cracked me up because that's something that my wife and I are constantly fighting with, mostly I'm fighting with. You talk about huffing and puffing and not going to do anything until she decides she wants it, and I tried that. That doesn't work, as you know. Um, I was just wondering, how do you deal with uh, not going insane and staying calm when you're not getting the attention that you want from your wife or your spouse, you know? How do, how do you do deal with that in not just sex situations, but other things? Um, just thought of maybe if you give a shout-out on the podcast and talk about it, that'd be great, or if you and... Your wife want to reply send me an email hey Dan thanks for that phone call and if you would like to call us eight five eight eight seven six five six six three you can call in just like Dan did give us your question and we'll answer it here so let's let's hit high desire low desire real quickly mm-hmm. um and talk about some of those frustrations um always remember there's a high desire low desire when it comes to sexual intimacy or other things that are happening. In your life, there's always, or in your marriage, I should say, there's always going to be one spouse who's a high desire spouse. And let's just put this into sexual intimacy terms. If you want sex five times a week and your spouse wants sex four times a week, you're still the high desire spouse. And that's, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. Right. And so, um, for our marriage, I am the high desire spouse. I am. One way that we really have been able to overcome this in our marriage has been the intimacy lifestyle. It's implementing that intimacy lifestyle. Um, And I, for me being the high desire spouse, it's just knowing that, hey, I know each and every week there's at least two times that we're going to be intimate together. And that really has helped me. And don't get me wrong. There are still times when I'll get frustrated, especially on those days when Elisa, one of those days when Elisa's supposed to initiate and she's not really showing that initiation. I can get I can get a little frustrated with her. Um, talk about it. Obviously, again, there's that communications piece. Talking about hey, what can we do so that this can work out? Um, because there. At one point in time, most likely there was interest going on.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, even me being the low desire spouse, and I think I've, I've probably always been the low desire spouse in our relationship. I mean, even when we were, you know, going out like bunnies, mm-hmm. I still think, you know, I was one or two less than Tony. Um, all, all that to say is that for me, and we've shared with you guys the book Intim- Intimacy and Desire. Is that the name of it?
1: Intimacy and in Marriage. Oh,
0: that's what it's called? With the High Desire, Low Desire?
1: Mm-hmm. Pretty sure I- it is.
0: Oh, I thought it was Intimacy. Okay, anyway. We'll make sure we've got the title right in the show notes. But, you know, when I, being the low desire spouse, there's a lot of responsibility that, that falls on us because we're the ones making all the decisions because it's up to us and that's not something that, that we particularly enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I, I when I read that in the book, I was like, oh, that's so true. Like, I don't want to be the one to control sex, but I also don't want to be like having it seven times a week, mm-hmm. except when we do our seven days of sex challenge. In which case, that's different. That's different. But on a on a the rest of the fifty one weeks of the year. Um, that being said, for me, creating the intimacy lifestyle in our marriage has been a huge burden of relief because I know that I'm only responsible for one day out of three. Mm -hmm. And on Tony's three days, I know he's not going for three out of three. You know, we're very clear that just because you have three days to initiate does not mean that you get to choose all three days. Now that does not say that we don't have those weeks that have bonus days. We had a bonus day last week. Um, and it wasn't Saturday. It was actually one of the, one of the other six. Um, but, you know, as we talked about your phone call and just talked about um, how this has played out in our marriage, you know, my version of initiating sex sometimes looks different than Tony's. Mm-hmm. But when we were talking about it, he said, you know, the nice thing for me is that you do initiate sex. Yes. Because in a, lot of, in a lot of situations with low desire and it's sounding damn, like this might even be the case in your marriage, There's doesn't sound like there's a lot of initiation From the low desire spouse. Um, And and so that makes it hard. So for me, knowing that I'm responsible on one of those three days for not only having sex with my husband, but also initiating sex with my husband, it gives me like that little bit of sense of control just to say, okay, you know, I've got this. I I only have to control this one little bitty piece of my world.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And I can do that and I'm comfortable with that. And so maybe it just means you know, when I'm in a, maybe it's an extra, you know, like I rub his chest when we're laying in bed or, you know, whatever it is, it may not be this crazy overt production to say, Hey, guess what? You know, neon lights in the bedroom, honey, we're having sex tonight, you know, but we each have our own ways. So if you, if you can have the conversation with your wife about, you know what? I recognize who we are. I recognize how we play this out. How can we create the intimacy lifestyle so that it works for both of us. Right. You know, maybe Tony would like to have sex more times during the week. But because we're able to do it twice a week regularly. And, and he knows that that twice a week, he's only initiating one out of the two times. We're in a good place right now.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And then to to bring it into other areas of our lives, he, you know. High desire, low desire. Um, Gosh, we've just have learned to work with each other and realize when there are times when I'm a high desire spouse or when Elisa's a high desire spouse and when it's just sort of going, okay, this is who we are when it comes to this area. And it's almost, you know, it's been over time that we just sort of put that in the back of our brain. Okay, you know, I know when it comes to, Meal planning and cooking. Elisa's a high desire spouse when it comes to that. She is because I have no really. I'm just sort of like whatever. I mean, today after dinner, she's like, "Okay, guys, what do we what do we want to have for next week?" And she's in a little bit of a rut, and I'm and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I don't know, whatever. Let's do whatever. And I mean, she's sitting here trying to get information from all of us. Okay, what do you guys want? You know, that's where she's a high desire, and I'm just sort of like, eh, whatever. Just let, let's figure something out. Um, you know, and so knowing that though, she's not like berating me, mm-hmm. like Tony, you, you need to come up with three items, and I'm going to come up with three items, and we'll let a kid come up with one item, you know. So that, that's that's another area yeah. in our, you know, in our marriage. Um, another washing dishes, high desires, most likely me. Um, at least I, have I think no that's desire. probably
0: that's probably like a double low desire. <laughs> but you, <laughs> I,
1: I, I have just a little bit. You're I have a like smidgen a, higher than a, I am. A smidgen higher on the high desire aspect there.
0: Yeah, and we're, and we're, we're kind of poking fun at, at some of these other areas. But the reality is, is that in, in any situation that you're doing something with another human being, somebody's going to be high desire, somebody's going to be low desire. So it's figuring out how to create a win-win situation so that you both like you said, you know, you're not banging your head up against the wall or you said something about being frustrated in your in your message and and if you can recognize that your wife is the low desire spouse then it's saying, Okay, how do we create this so that she is comfortable and I'm satisfied?
1: Mhm.
0: You know, and knowing that, you know, just For example, I mean, if you want to have sex three times a week and she's good with, you know, twice, okay, it's going to be twice. Accept it. It's not going to be three times, except maybe if you get a bonus day. But how can you create those two days so that you're thrilled and it doesn't bother you so much that you're not getting the third day?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Or or whatever your scenario is. I'm just, you know, these are all hypothetical situations. But it's, it's having the conversation, it's figuring out, it's strategizing. I mean, you guys are a team. It's figuring out what's going to be the best solution and having the discussion in a calm, peaceful manner. This is not the time to say, you know what, I want to have sex more than you do. So what, like, how are you going to fix it? Right. That will get you nowhere. In fact, it may even get you less sex than what you're getting now. Yeah. The better tact is, I'd love to figure out how you know, we can create this, this lifestyle where we're both satisfied. I'm not going to use the word happy because you guys heard me go off on the word happy earlier, but where you're both satisfied and content with how your life is.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There we go, you guys. Wow. We're closing in on 60 minutes here tonight.
0: Oh my goodness. When was and the last time we did that?
1: I know. It, it, you know, sometimes we just have good stuff and we got, we got to share it. So we went long. All right. You know what's up. All right, if um, you want to hit us up, easiest way, shoot us emails, and this will come to both, it will come to one of our inboxes, it's it's at info, I-N-F-O, at com. We'll both get it, we both look at them, we pray for you guys. When you guys send us emails, we pray for you. We may not respond right that day, realize a lot of times Elisa and I need to get together and we need to talk about your email. It's what we do. We we need to talk, and sometimes we just don't have time each and every day to sit down and talk and pray for you guys. So it does take us two, three, sometimes four or five days to get back to you. Don't think it's gone lost. It has not. We love you guys way too much to just ignore you. But we take what you guys send us seriously. Mm-hmm. And if we were going to be very curt. And quick about it we would just send it on its way real something real quick back to you but that's not who we are and we can't do that to you you guys mean way too much to us so just know send us those emails we get them we will respond either at least or i will if you want to hit us up though and have us answer a question on the air 858 we'd love to see you or hear you and answer that question april 20th friday 9 to 11 p.m or a.m sorry a.m pacific standard time you stream we'll get you guys updated on that and so you know where we are other than that heck
0: mark your calendars march 6th through or may 6th through 12th
1: yes we love you guys have a glorious week